Steelers. Touch down under. I'm Matt Peverell, joined by my co-host as always, Marky D, Marky Davison. Mark, you know what time it is. It is slinging the slang time, just as Big Ben likes to sling the rock, and he had to sling it a lot in the third and fourth quarter. It's our opportunity to sling the slang. But uh, you're waving at me. What? What's happening? Well, I was just, you know, as soon as you said Big Bang, uh, Big Bang Theory, my word, it's too early. Kaylee Kiko uh, on Mark's man. <laughs> Jeez Louises. Uh, now you really got me um, duffed up. Okay, I've got one. I've got one. But um, Big Ben, how good was Big Ben over the middle? Slinging the slang, the rock to to Washington. He's getting yeah, he's good. getting more he's getting more and more zip on this ball, and I love that play. Okay, back to reality. Uh, my slang this week it's, is yeah. my slang this week is uh is silly duffer. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know if a lot of people knows what that means, but like duffer means like in, like an idiot, like stupid, you know. And when you call someone a silly duffer, they just done something really really dumb. So, you know, I have to give my award or my slinging slang this week to, to Claypool. He's a silly duffer. Um, just do better, mate. Just do Duff's much a better. a bit more affectionate than that. I mean, I did see someone in the live <laughs> chat. I said someone in the live chat, let's, we should ease up on him now. Yeah, he didn't lose the game on his own. But, uh, no. yeah, I remember as a kid always being called a duffer by my mom. Like, when I do something. Yeah, you silly, like, silly duffer. Yeah. yeah. Like, if, you, if, you, like, if you're holding your ice cream and you drop them, the, like, the scoop falls on the floor. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was funny. Uh, what's what's yours this week? Because I butchered that. What's yours? <laughs> no, that's all right. I had uh, I had one similar, which is you know like a you know your silly galar or your flaming galar if you're more flaming angry. galar. And a galar is actually an Australian bird, but they are, have a reputation for being quite silly and the no- and making a lot of noise. Uh, so often we'll call someone a, you know so who's stupid or doing a stupid thing, you know a galar. And uh, yeah, Chase Claypool. Bloody galah. That's it, mate. From the two Australians, he just got he's probably like, what are these two words? <laughs> what are you talking <laughs> Tell about? They're not, and we're not adding Tron to something until we've earned that title. Oh, that is true. Oh, well, yeah, he also did come out too fast, didn't he? Didn't he come out with merchandise within the first year? And and then uh, what's uh, <laughs> like how? Like you are not you're nothing yet. Just do something better. <laughs> just play better. And then, and then start to build the merchandise. What, what's it called? Uh, Mapletron. I don't like. Yeah. I don't mind. Like some of the stuff is actually like kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I just you know pick pick your moment. But the other thing that I was I was thinking about this week, right? And I want to get into talking about whether Steelers make the playoffs and whatever. We talked about the leadership. We talked about the history. We talked about the culture. And I was thinking about that fun fact that sits there around the Steelers and the fact that like every Super Bowl we've ever won has either had has had Mean Joe involved, whether as a player, he did scouting, you know, he worked as an advisor at one point as well. I kind of think this offseason, they need to spend a bit of time, like, and maybe even they get a weekly message from like Mean Joe, but they needed to. I just feel like, particularly with Ben going, and he talked about the difference in the cult. We've talked about the difference in the culture. Ben talked about the music and Dan Rooney and what have you. I thought I think we've got to find a way to bring back some of these guys with the history. Like, and you you talked really, really, really well last week, Mark, around Ryan Clark, who just like, of course, he came out straight after the game, slamming Claypool, slamming Claypool. I don't mean a I don't mean a guy like that that's played for the Steelers. I mean like a like a legend, like a Heath Miller, like a Heinz Ward, you know. Lamar Woodley, Farrier, like, you know, those different guys, guys from the 90s as well. Like, you know, we need 
I just feel like this these younger guys, it can't just be up to the Cam Hay- the Cam Haywoods of the team to to bring these guys through. We if we as the fans are gonna sit here and care about the jersey and the history and the colors and the the steal away that st- started to pop up like the Patriot way, you know, and it, it's, it's sad that we even have to call it the steal away. Like we just knew that it's what you did as playing as a Pittsburgh mm. Steeler. Um, but I think we need to bring some of this back. And I think it starts with, you know, mean Joe, you know, for me, I, I think it, we need to find a way to bring him, you know, bring him into this team. And I know he's like an older bloke now and what have you, but even the way you hear, you know, the football life episode with Stallworth and Stallworth and Lynn Swan. You hear the way Stallworth, like there was, he had some leaner years. He had, he knew that he wasn't, you know, the number one for them, but he was a go-to. And you look at these plays when, you know, Swan was, you know, double marked and what have you, or, you know, double man coverage and what have you. And the plays that he made, like that's the attitude, the selflessness that we need to get back into this team. Yeah, they, they almost need like a like a mean Joe university, you know, like yeah. what, what, what <laughs> I find funny just a lot of these players don't understand the law and the history of the NFL. Uh yeah, maybe the NFL to a certain extent, and maybe even the Steelers, you know. It doesn't seem like they want to buy into learning about the players in front of them and and, and getting ideas around that. Like, why don't the players, you know, like for instance, Najee didn't even know there was uh, um uh, overtime in the NFL. You have to know about those things. I think you have to kind of figure those things out, you know. Um, and it feels like sometimes that these players, you know, it just feels like it feels like they, they just get Yeah, it just feels like some of these players are they're just going to work and they're not then you know what I mean? They don't want to be a steel legend, and that could be the case. They could just go there to make millions of dollars and sell their jerseys, and that's it. Um, from a fan perspective, we kind of want them to get behind it and, and learn the history about Heinz War, learn, learn the history about Troy, um, learn about me and Joe, learn about those guys and, and see how they played the game and, and their techniques. Um, it's one thing going to practice all week and getting told what to do and, and going certain spots, right? It's another to really grab a book and, and start learning more about the history of the Steelers and, and get behind it. So I don't know if it's a work thing. Maybe you have to put so much pride into your work to get more out of it. Or if it's if it's just they don't they don't care. I, I'm not sure. I, I think it would be it would be better beneficial if you had some sort of guys come in. However, and they, the same again with Claypool. They need the player to respond. It's all good having these legends come in, and they do it. They do it all the time. They had the they had the legends a few weeks ago for the um uh, some some like I can't remember like the presentation at halftime. They come in and say hello. Oh yeah yeah yeah. It's it's all good. It's all good talking to someone if they're not listening though. There's no, there's no point talking. Well, that, and that's the main point. Yeah, you hit absolutely hit the nail on the head. Absolutely hit the nail on the head. Like that, that's it. You, you know, are they, are they willing to listen? Are they willing to take it in their stride? And that's where it goes back to what Bert was, um, like, sorry, Bill Davis was saying about benching people. Like, you know, I, I'll put it to you this way: Imagine if, if the Pittsburgh Steelers offered you and I a job. I think we would be over, over the moon to do what if it was like social media or whatever this and that. We'd be trying to formulate ideas and we're sure we do our job. And then we, we, I would try and go above and beyond because I have the passion for the team. And that's why you and I even have a, uh, have a, a spot in this program here because we have the passion for the team. It just feels like in some, some circumstances that they just play the game to put the pads on and they're just playing football. They're not understanding who they're, who they're representing. But I, and I can't understand it, right? See, everyone, like, male or female sitting here would love to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers sitting here listening to this show, right? You sit there, you go through peewee football. 
Then you go in and you do like, you know, junior, you know, junior football, you know, junior varsity, you do high school football, you do college, you get to be spent, you know, let's call it 15 years or so working, working through to get to the NFL, right? 15, 16 years. And then you get there, right? You're on a rookie contract. He's not a first round draft pick. And even if he was, the money's not the rookie scale before. Just to me, like I'm going to sit there and work not only to become a legend through, you know, stats and winning football games and winning Super Bowls. I want a fat contract. Claypool's not acting like someone who's going to get a fat contract. Look at, look at Juju last year, right? Juju and Juju had, has had a better first two years. And yes, I know he had a B there, but he had a better and a better O line, you know, in front of Ben, but he had a much better first two years than Claypool did. So. You know, but look, I don't want to. I don't want to hate on Claypool, though. You know, the no, whole game, but like, he made, he made, a, he made a stupid play. We're allowed to do that. It was a really dumb play. He, he needs to be um, taken to the doghouse, as as Viking Jerome says here. Um, and something we can talk about because it's it's like you just don't do that, and it's the culture we live in these days. And you just have to do. He said, you have to do better, and he does. He just needs to do better, move on. But it is, it is really like I just wish some of these players would buy buy in like you and I do. You know, like I would protect my terrible tower with my life at this stage because it just means that much to me. It's because like some, you know, spiritual kind of aura to it, right? And this feels like these players put on the uniform. They're not playing the same way that me and Joe did. Like, and and also it, it does, look, there's skill level and there's motivation too. If you're if you're very skillful, but, you don't, but you're not motivated to play, it's kind, of, it's kind of like us, like us in the rugby league, right? How many how many big fellas in the, in the National Rugby League that don't run hard and you know they can? You know they can run very hard in that line and they, and they don't go anywhere. So talent's one thing, but having the motivation to play and, you know, uh, get on the blocks and, and you know, do everything. And and even to a certain point, right, Matty, there's only 60 plays in the game. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah. It's, you know what I'm saying? There's not that many plays in the game. How many yeah. times do you see near the end of the end of the, end of the, uh, the defense at the end, right? You have four or five plays left and then you get to go home for a week and, and you know, that's it for the night. Why not put everything out there? Put everything on on the table and say this is this is our defense. We're gonna, you know, and we kind of miss that from the old days. And maybe you and I would have been a better podcast, probably the first podcast in the nineteen seventies if it was around, right? That would have been more fun to get around those players because every player mattered to them. Every inch of of grass, you know, mattered. But these players are letting up. They're not. They're not playing very physical. Um, the, the, the defense now is not playing physical at all. They should be embarrassed. That's what I'm trying to get at. So. Well, it's but you make a really good point, right? So Deontay Johnson, which I think is a pretty high snap count uh, for you know even a wide receiver particularly, but he only was off for two offensive plays and played ninety seven percent of the snaps. Claypool was there for forty four offensive snaps and played fifty nine percent. Mate, you you're acting like you're the number one. You got to earn the right to be the number one. You got to earn the right to be on the field for the number one. Like the fact that like Deontay is there for that many plays, you're a big like the guy is six foot four, almost six foot five, and two hundred and thirty five pounds, and like he runs a four four four, forty yard time. Like, ah, oh, I just like, and that's why I agree. Like, thanks, Minjo. Like, I'm not, I'm not trading Claypool. Like, the guy's a no, talent. No. You can get him, you can get his head right. You can make it work. But I just, I'm sitting there. I'm like, this is the the, the thing is right. We were used to AB catching 12, 13, 14 passes, right? You look at what Keenan Allen does for the Chargers, and I bring his name up just because we recently reviewed, you know, what he did when we did the Chargers game and, he, and that sort of player and still, still hasn't had that sort of number one, number one wide receiver. 
Claypool was eight for nine for 93 yards. And his head's not fully in the game uh, where we're all sort of saying, or he's not, you know, at least, you know, thinking laterally in terms of the the moment and, you know, whether I'm going to celebrate or not when I'm chasing a lead. Imagine if he was a 100% tuned in and focused. Now, it's easy for me to say that. When the ball goes up to him, I'm sure he's 100% focused, but it's the mm-hmm. moment that he brings it down, then what happens, right? But yeah. mental, mental strength in sport is huge and it's why and it's why some people take a lot of years to adjust to the to the you know pro pro sports particularly the nfl because they have to get that mentality right and that working and they realize it's a lot harder than college all i'm saying is can you imagine a claypool that does become mentally stronger next year like even if he can respond after this game right like that would be that would be really great to see like the claypool actually has an opportunity here to rewrite the script massively well, it's even to the point now, you know, you've got to push it on some of the rookies like Kendrick Green, right? How many times did he not snap the ball? I understand the, the, the understand the snap count, or he has the, you know, the he's behind, he is the center and he's trying to throw the ball to Ben. They're just so off. Like, I just, it just, I just find it funny. Okay. It's skill level is one thing, but being prepared for a game is a complete another thing. Okay. If you're not skillful, but you need to go through your X's and O's and actually play the game. Now, Kendrick Green was, I think he got penalized five times or four times, or no, not the maybe not that, like three or four times. Um, just get ready. Just be prepared for the game. And and if you aren't prepared for the game, put down the controller, stop playing games. Um, maybe, you know, go for a walk, clear your head and, and just get around the idea of being a Pittsburgh Steeler and doing more preparation for what you need to do in the in the game. Because there's only 16 of them. And like I said, this game is so funny. We only hold the ball. I think the only the only ball it moves for about 35 minutes the whole game is live action, right? Now these players are fit. They're very, very they're much fitter than I am, and, and, and they're very much stronger than I am. But at the same time, you're only playing 60, 60 plays. So get with it, and every play counts, right? In this game, and even Tomlin and all the other guys on behind the silk curtain say, you know, it's a, it's a game of inches, and it's a game of like four or five big plays. Well, this happened this week that Kendrick Green, I think, had two penalties for himself, um, getting pushed back in the line as well. He's not doing what he needs to do. Um, and that's embarrassing too. And then, and we talk about Claypool a lot, but he's he's been he's been embarrassing. It's just, yeah, there's only so many plays on the offense. And if you're going, you only get three plays to move the football to a first down. Does that make sense? Do you know, yeah. you know I'm trying to get at? It's not like an 80 minute yeah. game with the NRL. And a lot of Australians can't watch the NFL for that reason because it's just so stop start. But it's just, yeah, it's time to just man up, muscle up, and say, I need to work on my craft. I need to get better. Where, where, what am I doing bad? Not what am I doing good? What am I doing bad and what can I improve on? That's, and that's, that is the key. That is the key phrase there for me always. How do I improve? Cause it doesn't matter if you're doing bad or you're doing good, you can always improve, right? Like I don't see, I don't see, you know, yeah. I don't want, I want to, I don't want to hate on Claypool too much. I think you can come back from this. Um, you know, and, and Bridget Jones brings up a point around all the, the older players where the Polamalu's, Wards, Harrison's, Woodley's, Farriers, Millers, Aaron Smith's, you know, these players are soft eaters. Exactly. And we, and we talked about that in part one. So if you listen to part two, you know, flick over to part one. We did cover that. But Mark, I know you wanted to talk about Ben, uh, you know, and I think most people are now of the view, God, you know, can we please, please let, and I don't say that in vain, like literally, God, please let Big Ben play another season for us potentially and let's fix the O-line because he's still probably got it and can imagine Najee, you know, in, in year two um, and a Juju back in his favorite target. But you know, I want to I want to throw the throw the floor to you in terms of if you want to talk about Big Ben. Let, let's yeah. talk about it. 
I, I want to start with, um, you know, the offense is not not going very well at the moment either. Very slow, very stale. It's just check down to the receiver. It's um, we're not passing the football over the over the sticks. I don't know if that's Canada. I don't know if that's Big Ben. I don't know if it's a combination of both. It doesn't matter. Either way, at the end of the game, he's been playing pretty good. He's been getting this team fired up. And he, I like the, the fact that, actually, firstly, I'll start with his comments, how it's, he said it's not his idea to go and teach Grateful. I find that a bit of a cop-out. I think you're... I agree. The, you're the but, captain of the offense. Exactly. But Big Ben, he's so strange. Isn't he one of the strangest quarterbacks that we, that we follow? Like, we love him because he's done such great things, but then you'll throw a pick in the end zone. And he won't talk to his receiver that he needs to get his receiver on par with him. And he'll uh, defer it to Coach Tomlin. But then he'll go out and sling a football to Washington over the middle, which was a dime. And that was a great play and have trust. And it's almost like, I think, to a certain extent, Big Ben won't throw to Claypool now because he doesn't want to, because they're, they're off on each other, right? And he'll throw to someone else, which might which might force mistakes. Um, yeah, if if He doesn't ben, throw to Claypool, though. Like Big, Big Ben sometimes has an ego like that, too. We have to we have to admit he does. that he has a, he does. He has a very yeah. big ego like, ego like that. He says he wants the ball, and sometimes you know he will say that it was the receiver's fault for the the interception. Um, so he's not the best to you know. We could almost like hark on him for, for 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 hours, right? It's just I think he's getting this team in a position to win, and he probably he's the best chance I think we have to win this season, and maybe next. And you're you're more of the cap guy, but but this maybe is, next. But then you raise a good point there, like. If Ben's going to cost more than fifteen million next year, like I'm like, yeah, I only needs to take team friendly again. And, you know, people go, Ben was never going to take that. Duh, duh, duh. But if Ben isn't going to take that, don't bring him back. But that's just my honest view. They they need the money to get better in so many other positions in this team, right? That you know, and I think as well, this you gotta you gotta go with the mindset that Najee is going to rule the roost until we get the next quarterback in here as well. Um, you know, and so. You know, there are a lot of there's a lot of talk about, you know, well, don't let him go unless there's Russell or Rogers. Rogers ain't coming. For me, Rogers is going to going to the Broncos. Russell's not leaving. He came out this week and said he wanted to be a the Seahawks for 20 years. Now I thought that was really just to, you know, save a bit of face, but I, I just don't see him going. They'll upgrade his contract. Um, you know, even if Carol ends up leaving the Seahawks, you know, they, they'll need a quarterback there. You know, a coach wanting to take over that role will want will want Russell there. Um, it will really help them and make make it a much easier job. But there are guys like Brissett. There's guys like Tua because you know a lot of people say if Deshaun Watson sorts his stuff out, you know he'll end up over in Miami. You know because there's a couple of guys like those those guys that are a bit better for the Steelers and you know the RPO game, being able to do things with Matt Canada and what have you. You know so there there are players out there that could hold you know that can hold the fort in, in many ways for for 12 months and you know. It's not necessarily going to be as good as what it is right now. But, you know, I think there are guys also in the second and the third round that are quarterbacks that, you know, if you let them sit there for, you know, eight to 10 games could do stuff. But I, you know, the thing that struck me about this game against the Vikings, having watched the game against the Ravens, I would love Big Ben to come back and as to draft a guy in the second or third round that needs to sit for a year and sit behind Ben like Ben was meant to sit behind guys like Tommy Maddox, right? Mm. And let them learn, you know, we know that Ben doesn't, I think Ben is in a different space to what he was when we drafted Mason Rudolph, but draft a guy in there in that second. And and I say the second or third round because this year's quarterback class is, is not great, right? It's not, but there are guys that if they can sit there, you know, have talents and what have you. Uh, but I say draft, draft a guy, if Big Ben's willing to come back, 
let them learn from Big Ben. You know, you don't bench Big Ben unless he's getting five interceptions a game where he gets injured. The reality is he's probably going to have to miss a few games if you know if he hasn't doesn't end up doing that this year. He'll, he will next year. That's just like the law of probability with injuries in the NFL and bring that guy up to speed. That's my best case scenario. But if I'm Big Ben as well, like there's no guarantees they're going to fix this O-line, right? And, you know, like an injury can happen at any time to any player. Like look at TJ. Like he's yeah. battled things on and off, right? And... You know, you don't know what's going to happen next year. So, look, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves in a way for that. Like, I think the playoffs is going to come down to a bit of luck. You know, hopefully they can win another two or three games. Uh, you know, I think that it's very likely against the Titans. I think it's likely against the, the Browns as well. But, you know, they've got to rock up against against KC and the Ravens. And Like, you know, it's... We're just going to have well, to take it as it comes, really. Exactly, and uh, I know we put ourselves in this position as a Steelers fan all the time. We do have we can we can win four games, but it really depends on the players if they can show up and then and and improve on what they've been doing because they've been playing terrible. Look, I, I am an optimist, and I, I see I do wish hope, but I understand what is happening. I don't wish to fire Tomlin, but they are playing bad. They're playing really bad. However, the only real I guess bright spot I can see right now is they get 10 break, uh, ten days off or almost like a week yes. off now. It's, well, it's more we, than a buy in a way almost. Yeah, we don't see – it would have been great for a win for sure. Um, we don't see the Pittsburgh Steelers now till next week, so seven more days. So they've had rest over the last three days. Uh, I even saw on Instagram because I follow Mondo for some reason. Uh, he was out at Niagara Falls, you know. Bit of a break. Some of these players are going to – a bit of a break. Um, and then hopefully get back at it. And if they can beat the Titans and – uh, you know, look, they might not beat the Titans, but play, at least play competitively. If they come out and, and throw a duck egg again, well, then hey, it's 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 we're gonna lose. But this break will help us because we go into a four game stretch where I think we, um, you know, if we if we do show up like we versus the Ravens at home and we have a bit of pride, play with pride, we have a chance. And then also, this division is really really close. If the Browns beat the Ravens, like I said, they'll be eight and five. Um, and then I've actually got a, I got a, I got a hot a hot topic right here. We're gonna do because we can't do um, uh, puns well, of the week. But I, I reckon, well, I reckon I'm telling you right now, the Baltimore Ravens won't make the playoffs. They have a pretty hard schedule. They, they do. have, yeah, they the have stretch. right now the Baltimore Ravens. Like talking yeah. about the playoffs, right? Yeah. Uh, they have Cleveland at home, and Cleveland beat them before six and a ten, and Lamar threw four interceptions. They got to go. To, they got to verse Green Bay. I think Green Bay will kill them. Oh, then they go, Rogers then is going to wipe the floor with them. <laughs> then they go to Cincinnati. Then they verse LA, and then they and then they verse uh, Pittsburgh at home. I'm telling you right now, I reckon the Ravens lose at least four games out of those five. Yeah, I reckon they miss. I, I reckon they miss the playoffs. I'm telling you. So, you know, we, people people think we had a bad last year, being 11 and 0. They're going to fall too. And, and I don't trust uh, the only actually the only one that, I, can't, I can't say it, but the, the Bengals have the best chance I think to win the AFC North right now. Uh, they, they're a much, they're a good side, and they have some teams coming like Niners. I think they're versing Den, Denver, so they have probably the best chance to win. The Browns will fall away, and the Steelers just need to go out and win four games. If we have any chance to get in the playoffs, and I don't want to sneak in and go go three and one, I want to win four and have the confidence, have confidence of winning four at least, no matter where you fall. You know I just saying? think they're going to, I just think it's going to be, I could see them winning. I could see them beating the Titans or I could see them losing the Titans KC and then winning the last two divisional games, which are the most like really important there. But I what? am going to really, I'm really going to struggle to see them beat KC in KC. 
that could happen too, right? We could actually win the last two divisional games and how the how the division would fall out because everyone's kind of like 500 with each divisional game. We could be, uh, what would that be, eight? We could be eight, eight and one, maybe go in the playoffs. <laughs> but you need three. You need at least three for a chance. And four is, uh, a, yeah, you just need to stack wins. But before you start stacking wins, you need to play as a unit, as a, as a team. And we've been saying this probably at the start of our podcast, and, and that's that's the main issue. For the last two years, we've been saying, you got to play as a team. You can't be selfish, can't do this, can't do that. 100%. So 100%. when does it change? When does it change? That, well, well, Bridget, well, see, Bridget brings up a good point um, in, in this and says, you know, I say get rid of Canada, Butler, spend money, beef up the O-line, get a top TB, <laughs> DB, pay Ben Lash, Leslie wants to come back. Give Tom Lomley to fix the mess, including really in any player that's becoming distractions. Like, that's a lot of change. Like, there's such thing as too much change as well. So we've got to be mindful of that. I think Canada deserves the right to have a quarterback that fits the system. I don't think that's so, so you know, it's a bit unfair on Canada. But I wonder about Butler. I don't think, he, I don't think they should fire Butler. But I think he could go back to just focusing on the outside linebackers and coaching up guys so we've got a bit more depth than Highsmith and what. And, I, and I'm interested to see what they can do, like, otherwise from a defensive coordinator perspective. But, you know, at the same time, they've got it, this O-line. The O-line's got to be the number one focus in free agency. As, and I agree, like, and a good cornerback. Really uh, speaking of uh, cornerbacks, I've got a question for you. Will Joe Hayden come back and will he, will he affect this team? I think he can come back and play this season, but he's not coming back next year. The Steelers, and why? Would you, seriously, does anyone really? I know he's great from the the schematic sense. What's between the What's between the ears? But he's. I've noticed this season as well, and I watched one of his off season. He was. I watched a massive YouTube series on the guys that he works with in the off season over in California, and they do incredible stuff. And he works with some great players there. Um, and are in a really great coaching system there in the offseason. But uh, to me, he's lost a bit of speed. And I, I just, I don't, we can lock up a lot of money there. The other thing that's a trend that's coming through, and I'll talk about this more in War Room and in our offseason shows, but a lot of the teams are just thinking they're going to think you like going fast at, at corner and then building really like spending money on safeties and really good linebackers. You think about us with Minka. You think about bringing Terrell Edmonds back on a you know pretty friendly team deal because I don't think he I don't think he's anything to to not be brought back in my view. Um, and then you you beef up the linebackers because like Bush needs to fix it and get respond better from this ACL. I I don't think Schobert deserves to come back. I, I don't see anything there that's like oh my god about it. And they you bring in some you know I'm bringing some support from Highsmith. Um, you know, in TJ Watt, and you can get younger at corner. And there's some good corners in this draft. There's some really solid corners. So, you know, if when I say spend money, I mean six or seven mil on a guy like a Brian Poole or someone like that to help us out. Um, you know, from from that perspective, I don't mean spending you know twelve million on a you know um, Gilmore type player. I got a question for He's you again. Not worth mate. that anymore, anyway. What do you think, if you were the coach or maybe a player in that locker room, what do you think you'd need to do during this week? If, if you were playing sport, right, and you've got the 10 days off and you know you've got four games left, what do you need to do mentally or physically to change things? You give them the week first. For me, I give them the full weekend, right? Monday morning, 9 a.m. Everyone, you do your, get, get all your rehab done, get feeling fresh, put it out, clear your mind. And 
get your head out of the distraction of it. Like, because mm -hmm. the problem I've been like listening a lot lately um, in my spare time as well. And I've, it's pulled me away a little bit from some of the, the, the college and the NFL stuff I do listen to, but I've been listening to a lot of like, you know, um, military sort of thought process and, and the mental, the mental piece and clouding the mind being clouded and taking deep breaths and, you know, being able to think laterally because the human brain processes apparently is something like 70,000 thoughts a day, right? You think about how, how distracting that can be. Wow. And at any given time, you can only process, I think it's seven, um, the right, the right word is not thoughts, but you can only process it seven things, right? They need to narrow down on three and four things to deliver. And so for me, given the weekend, you've had, you've had, like you have had an earlier buy almost six weeks ago now, seven weeks ago, whatever it is. You played, you backed up from, you know, Sunday to, to play Thursday. So you give yourself your three days to get mentally and physically in it. And then Monday morning, you you start getting it right. You start the, you start the process of, how do we go about this? And you go piece by piece. And I think it's a little bit, to me, you know, they showed they could come back and score points, right, against that Vikings mm -hmm. team. And it's where, like you say, the Vikings are so hard to pick. But I think you got to go in there and you don't focus on before, focus on to come, right? So against the Titans, how are we going to tackle harder, right? How are we going to mark up better on the O-line? How am I going to snap the ball better? And less about the focus of we've lost games because we haven't done this too. How am I going to do this better? Like to me, I feel like the even, and I'm I'm just as much to, to, to blame, not for the, the Steelers, but for this, for the narrative of it, of we constantly focus about the negative of what they haven't done. And it's really hard not to when we're looking back mm -hmm. on a game, particularly two games in a way with this show. And we haven't talked that much about the Ravens, but you know, that is a little bit out of a lot of people's minds, but, and we got the win, right? So you take the win, but I think you've got to look forward. There's a little bit, there's a bit too much of sitting and wallowing in it rather than, okay, did it wrong, move on. Like I need to do this better. And that's mm -hmm. the, that, that's the problem. And the thing for me is that you hear that sort of attitude from Tomlin, but everyone's still talking about, and the media is half the problem, right? Because even on the Wednesday and the Thursday press conferences, they keep asking, what do you need to do better after the last game? No, it's more, how do I beat the Titans? We know yeah. they're going to beat the Titans by tackling hard, by matching up against their defensive line, you know, by stopping guys like AJ Brown. I don't know. I can't, I don't know if Julio is back or not. He's been injured for a little while. And I know Derek Henry is still out. So, it's these sorts of things they have to think about. And then how do I back that up again? And how do I stack the win and go to KC? So to, to answer your question, like from a coaching perspective, give them some time to put it to one side, think about other things, and then come back and feel like, you know, obviously they want to play because they want to earn money, but in, they need to. And this is where I think Claypool's probably come across wrong with the music thing. He's probably talking about a bit of an enjoyment level. He's probably seeing yeah. this team lose a bit of the spirit, right? And when you're playing in college, right, even if you're in a, the losing, obviously I've not been in that environment, but you get the impression from the way they are that because it's younger guys, it's like water off a duck's back kind of thing. It's the senior guys that start to feel more stressed about it. And that, that's the thing for me is like, how do they make this more enjoyable? Because if this team, right now this team, and, and it goes back to what I said before about guys acting up, when team, the team's not playing wing or positive football, it all seems very fractious because there, there's not. I can't imagine it's fun at the moment in that locker room. No, and I'm not saying they play music, right? 
to me, winning is fun. Doing things and and everyone you know building up and, and and making great plays and doing the doing the bread and butter stuff to me that's fun mm-hmm. because it ladders up to think ladders up to things that are positive and then you get the endorphins and that feels fun. I can't as I say I, I can't imagine it's a lot of fun right now. I reckon they just need you know Stefan Tuart hasn't really done much on the field just now because of what he's going through but maybe he uh, needs to to do one of his barbecue things he's one of his ribs and maybe Stefan Tuart can throw a barbecue you know. They do need that idea of like, yes, we have to play serious, but same time, if you're too serious and you're still not getting it done, maybe come relax a little bit. And and, and like someone said before, which was a great point, a players meeting or just getting around something and getting, getting back to the culture of the Steelers and having a bit more fun and, you know, just forgetting, just like you've got four games to go and you can go out and win all four if you, if you show up because they have shown that. They've shown they can beat the Ravens, they've shown they can beat the Browns, and they've shown they can beat the Bills. Um and for a certain extent, they surely can beat the Packers because I think they would have had that game in momentum if that Joe Hayden was on side, which he, that was a terrible play call. So they just got to go through the motions. And I think this culture right now with the Steelers is, you know, they, they are. They're dwelling on what, what they're doing wrong, you know. Or, you know, And it's just like you just have to, to start from the beginning and say, look, we can do this. We can, we, can, we can get back to fundamental football, tackle hard, and be where we need to be. Because at this point in the, in the season – Maybe it's not really schematic kind of things that are going on. Maybe it is a bit, a bit more hard, but they're not tweaking too much, are they, on the defense or the offense? They're not really tweaking too much. They just need to identify and make those plays happen. Um, and it starts with, you know, having a bit more fun, a bit more step in their, in their, in their preparation and, and being prepared for the, for the games. And you've got a good break right now. You had a mental break now for, for the weekend off and get back at it Monday morning um, and just really rally around the team. And you and I don't see it. Like, it's, we, we don't – we don't really see what's happening at training camps that much. You see bits here and there. Um, They just need to get after it and realize that the playoffs are there, but they have a month. If if they were on a four game stretch right now, things are completely different. Mm. That's the the thing. The talent is there for me. There's there's a lot of talent on the offense and they can get better. The offensive line was getting better versus the Ravens game. And then they went backwards. DJ's I don't think I don't think with this team. I don't because I know. Let's say excuse me at the point there. This team is missing too much talent and is too young. And I know people think that's an excuse, but to back up in four days after an AFC North football matchup against the Ravens to go away to the Minnesota where they've had to travel and the rest of it that. That yeah, there was always going to be a difficult one. It's why I always had it as a loss. When we did it twice, I, I had think that I, as a I think loss. I did too. Yeah, me too. The only reason yeah. I had it as a win, and I and I people go back and you know, and, I, and it's definitely there. I only had it as a win because I thought Kirk Cousins might be injured by now, and if Kellen Mond was in, I thought we were going to pick him apart, right? But mm. I always had them losing this game because you can't, like as you said, the stat about twenty percent of the losses for the away team on Thursday night. But they had such a brutal game against the Ravens that it was a must-win for them. Like, to back that up with the talent they got, that was just a bit much. It's much needed, you know, and, and to, win, to win my point, it's much needed. The next four games, you have a lot of time off. Pretty much a bye right now. You have, you have a seven-day bye, right? Get back at it and, and do what you said. Get right back at it. Um, if they lose against Titans, probably done. A lot, a lot of people think we're done now. I'll, I'll never give up hope. I don't think we're done against the Titans purely because there's two games to come in the conference against the Browns and the Ravens. Right. But, yeah. <laughs> so you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Look, in my head, they're done. They're not making the playoffs. In yeah. my heart, I'm like, I see a path. I see a path. Yeah. 
Let's, but let's I mean, do Bert, it. Bert wants to steal the fold over in a, in a chair and just end it right now. So, I mean, it's just... Yeah, some some fans, you know, want us to lose four, and that's fine. Um, I, I, I'm going to cheer them on every single every single game, 100%. and they're going to bring us back in. They will. They'll they'll beat the Titans. They'll beat the Chiefs, and they'll bring us right back in. <laughs> and then they'll drop it against the Browns <laughs> and lose it the death in overtime against the Rams. But uh, you know, it won't yeah. be us. It won't. It won't be them missing the pass to Mark Andrews. It'll be the freer move, right? And you'll get some bull. Oh, I was going to say, it's some ridiculous you know, helmet hit that's not called. We'll see what happens. We don't know until it happens. And now uh, they have it. They have a week break. So let's see. Let's see what happens, everyone. 100%. Don't, don't lose the faith. Fight the good fight. <laughs> <laughs> but with that, that wraps up this week's Steelers Dutch Down Under. I'm Matty Peveril. Mark D, as always. Go Steelers. Oh, how it rips me, but makes me live. For tomorrow